This is Ubaldi Reports. I'm John. Just for those who are listening for the very first time, I served 30 years in the Marines with combat tours in both Iraq and Afghanistan. With me today is my co-host, Joe Bitts. Joe was a combat Marine in Iraq, retired, medically retired after 10 years for having stepped on an IED. We're glad he's all right, and he's with us today. So how's it going, Joe? Great, John. How's your day? But it was good. I got off. I had to work. Got off work. So prep for this podcast and a couple other things. So it seems when it comes to the Biden administration, it when it rains, it pours. Oh, yeah. And uh, a lot of things going on. I think right now between guns, which we're going to talk about way later, between immigration and race. Transgender. Yeah. Transgender competing in female sports. Yes. Now, I know that Mississippi and Georgia. There's about 19 states that have banned it. That okay. You can't just pick your identity of what you, if you're male or female. It's more on the male to female than female to male. Where it's affected, but it's still a problem, so we'll have to have that addressed. Now I want to talk about this a little bit because when it comes to transgenders, is it if I just identify as that gender, I am officially that gender, so I can compete in? Cool. Okay, so there's no operation involved. No, you just have to say I identify as a woman, and then you're able to compete. In a, I totally agree that should not happen. If you do, however, want to compete in that sport as that gender, guess what? There's a, there's the operating room right there. Go ahead and do it. You now need the to- one thing I don't know is if you get uh, trans, you get a sexual reassignment surgery. If you're male to female, do you still retain? some of the testosterone levels. I've heard conflicting stories on that. I just don't know. I, I would believe so, but there's also, in order to have some of those traits as a woman, you have to have a lot of estrogen introduced into your body, which is like a, it's a constant medication. Correct. But the thing is that... But do you still, even though estrogen is pumped into your body, but do you re- still retain more testosterone i I actually think more as a more injured and we should actually talk to somebody that might be an expert on this but off the top of my head or so i've heard kind of scenario is that i do believe that when you transition over and you're taking the proper medication and the hormones and stuff like that your body does lose that no i know you lose that edge but do you retain i know you're going to lose testosterone obviously because you're going to take more female attributes Mm -hmm. But do you retain more testosterone level I don't think so. than, a, than a female that was born a female? Because I think in that sense, they would try to get you down to a level where... They would get you down to a level. Yeah, but the level that would be required to be... Yeah, that could be a question we need to look at. Because I know that, I do know that women that have a different... Te- women are do have testosterone. They Correct. don't have as much testosterone as men, men, but even if their testosterone is too low or too high, certain effects happen within the women. Just like men who get more estrogen... Uh, testosterone, man. No, uh, yeah, no, more testosterone is good for us men. It's just, it's the estrogen that throws us off. Usually, when you gain weight, your estrogen levels increase. Just so you know, I don't have that kind of problem. You know, you're, you know, you're thin as a rail and... 11% body fat, you know. Good for you. Show everybody your abs. There you go. But for right now, the argument is, if somebody identifies as a woman... 
they are in many states allow this. There's many states that oppose this. And some states are setting a, a law that you cannot just identify as a, a female to run and then be able to compete in athletic. Yeah. And what, what is this for? Why are, are they, do they generally, okay, if they generally feel like an athlete and they generally feel like I'm a woman, I can understand that. But you have to go full bore. You have to get the proper procedure in order to classify yourself as a woman to be in that, say, that category. If you're doing it just as a competitive nature, you want to win, you want, I wouldn't say an easy win, but a less difficult win for for it to be less difficult for you to succeed in that whatever sport, this is cheating. Well, it? It, it is. But see, I think the Democratic Party has really lost its focus. They've gone from... Yeah, I got it, individual rights, but they just said anything goes. If you believe in that, you can do it. And it's just, there's repercussions because it would really decimate female sports. Yeah. Or what about the two congresswomen, or no, no, the two senators, two female senator Democrats, that said that they will not confirm a appointee from the president unless they were of, I guess, of a minority or they were, could be white, but they would have to be either a trans or identify somewhere in the LGBT. Yeah, that was Maisie, Senator Maisie Hirona of Hawaii, okay. and the other one was Tammy Duckworth of Illinois. So now it's leaking into... Well, but it goes back into one of our other topics when it comes to, to race. It just seems identity politics yeah. is like, hey, like take Joe Biden. Granted, you want to have a diverse staff. You want to make sure everybody is given the opportunity if they have the experience and the skill sets to do the job. And it shouldn't be just all white. There's a lot of good people out there on all sexes all race creeds and colors but when you pick only somebody that fits an identity pete Buttigieg was picked as the transportation secretary pete Buttigieg has never run a big agency like that he doesn't have any transportation expertise was he picked because he was gay he was a gay man so he's the first gay cabinet executive like Javier Becerra is the first Latino to head health and human services and he was the attorney general out in California and he was a 20-year congressman from California but the problem with Javier Becerra and he did get confirmed is he's not a doctor mm -hmm. in the age of a pandemic do we want someone who's a non-doctor running that and then he has no experience dealing with medical matter and I don't understand the idea behind skill I rather I don't care who you are or what you look like or what you believe in if you are more skilled than another person I want the more skill I want the more skilled person and I'll give you like you and you and I example it just so happened that we both got our stuff together to make this podcast happen but like I'm a Marine, you're a Marine. That's something that we have. Yeah, we have that bond. But if you're a Marine and I'm a Marine and I'm a complete moron, are you going to have a podcast with me? Probably not. <laughs> and you wouldn't say, I do need a podcast. And I, I sh guess I should just have Joe, who is a complete and utter moron, on my podcast because he's a Marine too. I run into prior military, prior Marines all the time. And then I make my decision based on that. If you have a good intellect level, or if you have a good, if you're a good person, if, if you are just above board, I want to be your friend. I want to be your buddy. Correct. You can pee, and, but you can also be a complete and utter piece of crap. 
And I will still give you that brotherhood little bump. Hey, buddy, Marine. Yeah, yeah. If we come across each other's paths ever again, it's just going to be that quick exchange that I respect you because we both serve the same thing. It started. It didn't just start with Joe Biden. It didn't start with Donald Trump. It started way before. But President Obama, when he was president, he ran on identity politics Mm -hmm. and it worked for him because he was obviously the first minority president first african-american president but it worked for him and he told everybody oh you must have had a grievance because president obama believed that the problems around this like start with foreign affairs problems around the world were a direct result of america and he looked at here in america the problems here was always about race and a minority could never really succeed and then everybody just took it on and went on steroids with it. If you look at during the campaign, take Cory Booker. He's the senator from New Jersey. He talked about he faced racism. He popped, Maybe he did. I'm not saying he didn't. But Cory Booker didn't grow up in inner city Newark. He grew up in a very wealthy area. He got, was a Rhodes Scholar. Take Kamala Harris. Yes. However, she, if I could just back up Cory Booker just for a second. I did admire him when he was mayor of Newark. And I could probably see that. He might have faced some kind of maybe racial diversity as maybe when he was the mayor, but not as like you're saying him growing up. I don't know what he faced, but he didn't grow up in inner city Newark. Yeah, but a lot of the times I don't really think that has anything where they grew up or where they are. I think there's just as much racism in maybe upper Well, no, there there are, but I'm saying when you're running and you base your whole campaign, Mm -hmm. and this just seems like Kamala Harris, like when Kamala Harris ran for president and she didn't even get out of the starting block, she didn't even make it to the first primary. And in December of 2019, before when she pulled out, she said people aren't ready for a woman of color. So they they fall back on the race instead Mm -hmm. of looking. Everybody who looked at that race realizes she ran, she came out strong with that big rally in Oakland where she's from and she fizzled when she said for her Medicare we're going to do a Medicare for all we're going to abolish all private insurance she didn't understand that Medicare only covers 75 percent you need the private insurance to cover the other 25 so she didn't get it and she just fizzled she had that one moment when she challenged then candidate Joe Biden on busing and she says I was that one little girl that was her one moment but if you remember... Didn't they call her out on it? He didn't call her out, but there was a... Didn't they call her out? Like the media or something? Was there it? was a congressman from Hawaii. And I want to say it's Gabby Gifford, but I'm not positive. She called out Kamala Harris on her prosecutorial record. How you talk about you want to help the inner city, but you were the ones who did this. You convicted someone without having the evidence showed that, that person didn't do the crime. You didn't do anything to help criminal justice reform, and she never responded back. Yeah. So it just she just fizzled very fast. Race is always going to be a, a topic here, especially in the states, is like we talked about earlier with the critical race thinking or critical race theory, where they want to blame. White people for everything? Well, that was the whole thing. Critical race theory, which we said in a podcast. I wrote an actual article on it, and it was titled Critical Race Theory, or Is It Failed Democratic Policies? Mm -hmm. And critical race theory came out of the mid-1970s by academics and civil rights activists and, and others. And what they came up with was they saw that civil rights issues gained prominence in the 60s and early 70s, but by the mid-70s, everything stopped 
or went back. So they concluded that it must be ingrained in the institution, especially in the law, that white supremacy or white nationalism is it. And yeah. that, okay, so that was then fast forward to now. Well, the progressives have jumped on that saying America, and Joe Biden even said this during the campaign, America is systematically racist for basically to the core. But if you look at it, if America was so systematically racist, yeah. how did Barack Obama win the presidency when blacks only make up 14% of the U.S. population? And going with that a little bit, well, okay, and is it racist to say, say there's like what just recently happened if there is a shooting and they're like, Oh, must be a Trump or must be a, a white guy. Yeah. Kamala Harris's niece came out and said, Oh, it must be a white individual. Then when it came out, it was a Syrian national mm -hmm. was, was the shooter. She backtracked, but then she said at the end of her tweet, we all know whites prim primarily are serial killer or usually mass shooters typically are white okay and going with that the last few couple let's say mass shootings how many i think three compared to maybe the other many that were maybe muslim related now i don't know i don't know the statistics on that yeah. though but it's when you jump to conclusions you're always going to be wrong because it's like in the military the intelligence the first intelligence reports come in you read them, you look at them, you try to see what's going on, but you wait until more come in to validate to see if that was true. Yeah. Things change. So, and Barack Obama currently had something to say about, I guess, the, the shootings as well. About, But he really pigeonholed it to, like, racism, which I don't think is entirely 100%. I would disagree with that. If it's racism on the shooting... Look at his home city of Chicago. There's more killings on a weekend in Chicago than the worst days of Iraq, the Iraq war. Yeah. And they've got almost a thousand people die every year. Where's the outrage when a little girl gets killed or a little boy gets killed or a person sitting at home gets shot and killed? I don't see all these like Barack Obama complaining. I don't see Michelle Obama getting out there and complaining about her city. Look at Philadelphia, Baltimore, New York. It seems like it's just all about narrative. It's just all about what fits their talk, which gets the... When it comes to something like that, the, like the, their narrative or them talking, is that just like their way of getting maybe more money to back their cause? Yeah, because I'm sure they get a lot of money from their the constituents that believe in that, mm -hmm. but it doesn't solve the problem. If you look at statistics, go to the FBI crime reports. So it, if you were to have a, oh, let's raise some money for black-on-black, -black, uh, stand up against black-on-black -black crime. But see, okay, but if you go by that, it's like Al Sharpton when he made the comment about, like I told you earlier today before this podcast, when it comes to the filibuster, mm -hmm. especially aimed at Joe Manchin and Kristen Cinema, if you don't get rid of the filibuster, then you're racist because it goes back to the civil rights movement. It was used there effectively, but it was also used throughout American history, even up to the present time. It gave the minority a chance to put the brakes on what the majority was trying to do. But mm -hmm. if you look at when they keep claiming race, like um, the mayor of Washington, D.C., consistently talks about systematic racism she's been mayor for a number of years and i know i mentioned this like to you blue in the face the educational level for my 70 percent of the washington dc school district is black yeah but they got the most despicable educational system and this is before the pandemic 
when 70% of black children in Washington, D.C. cannot do math or English to grade level, yeah. what's it like now during the pandemic? I, we can almost guarantee it's worse because of the remote learning and maybe even the there are a lack of uh, teachers in those areas, too. There's a lack of teachers. There's a lack of families. The president of Black Entertainment TV, I think as Robert Johnson mentioned, there's a wealth gap between African-Americans and whites. He's correct. There is. But he also took the wrong conclusion. You build your wealth off your family. My parents left us a few dollars. We were not rich by any stretch of the imagination. But you build your wealth through your family. When you don't have a family, I got two friends who are single parents. Yeah. One of them is going to be a nurse, so she's lucky on that regard. But the other one, she's 31 years old. She's a single mother. She's a good mother. She has a great son, but she gets child support from her ex. But she has a difficult time improving her economic situation because she's got to deal with a single a, a child. You yeah. got to be there for your child. It's just like when the coronavirus hit and they shut down the schools. She was lucky that she lives in Florida because then she can go to work and her kid can go to school masked up and all that stuff. But what about people like in California where they shut down the schools? If you're a single mother, you can't stay home. Who's going to take, how are you going to pay your bills? So you got to go on welfare or social services or federal assistance because you're forced to not work. Yeah. Now, what about also, okay, the same federal assistance, especially in California, that's not going to actual U.S. citizens. Now they're forking out stimulus checks for illegal immigrants. Because Gavin Newsom, the current governor, Democratic governor, Passed a seven point something billion stimulus, and he's given six hundred dollar check to illegal immigrants. And California, even before the coronavirus, spends twenty five billion dollars funding for, for all the different services and entities to take care of illegal immigrants. So let's talk about immigration for a little bit, because what I want to talk about is all right. We know that there are kids starving. There's people parents and people uneducated there's homeless veterans there's a lot of people here in our own country Country. that aren't being taken care of yet if you took all those people and put them on the border and tell them hey i want to come to america they would get better treatment than as if they were already here why is that and that's the problem because in my opinion and it's just not scientific but i think it's in my opinion and others have validated this that the democratic party wants these individuals coming in because what they want is another minority group that would primarily vote democratic Mm because if you look at the election even with donald trump mitt romney and all the way back the republicans presidential candidate gets around 12 percent Nine to 12 percent of the African-American vote mm-hmm. It's the highest ethnic group that votes for one party. Yeah. I think the next one is like the Asian-Americans were next. And it's, it's like 20 point difference. But how can they if they're not, quote unquote, citizens well, of the country? The, but there's San Francisco and some of the cities in California, I think even New York, they're allowing non-citizens to vote in local elections. What's they're going to like this H.R. 1? The Democrats passed in the House and it pushed it into the Senate. They would have really no identification requirements to voting. Okay. You can't vote. I mean, think about that. There's no identification to vote. Yeah. So anybody can go to a polling place, register right then and there, and you can vote. Now, is voting a right or a privilege? Voting, to me, is a a privilege. Okay. 
And with that, is I need some identification, okay, to, for work in order to get on base. I need an identification to may purchase alcohol. I need to show my identification if I want to use my military discount. Or you need to have identification to cash a check if yeah. you use that. You need yeah. identification to get on a plane. So something so important as to voting and you're like, oh, you don't need identification. Yeah, so those are issues that need to be addressed. Now, the one thing. There was a gentleman named was a Democrat, Harold Ford. He was a congressional representative from Tennessee. He's more of a moderate. He made a good point. He said, we got to secure the border, but we also got to look at a broader view of Latin America in a whole, from Mexico all the way down to the tip of Argentina. The problem is these countries are just horribly run. If you take an example, Brazil hosted the 2016 Olympics. Look at their infrastructure there. They had a massive corruption scandal in 2014, but all their Olympic venues are just crumbling. They don't have what we are blessed with here. What I mean by that, when our founders put together the Constitution, they looked at individual rights, but they also looked at property rights. Property, this is your home. The government can't come in and tell you something to do with what you can do with your home. There's certain legalities on that. Yeah. Our police force, and people could say, oh, they're corrupt. They're not like it is in those countries. Our police force for the, for 99.9% are very honest and do the right thing. Our businesses have to submit their quarterly reports, their, their earnings statement to the SEC. They have to be accurate. All this stuff plays in, and there's an independent judiciary here in America, an independent legislator, an executive. They check each other. Yeah. That's not the case in those countries. So what about when it comes to the whole identification thing, what about what's stopping us once this, because something so as important as voting along with other things, okay, I don't need to show my ID. What if I just walk into a house and be like, you know what, this is my house. And if they're like, prove it, I'll be like, I don't have to. It's my house. Is that where we're going to eventually? Well, that's where it, it's interesting because there's a big fight going on. That's why when it comes to... The filibuster, if they got rid of the filibuster, all this stuff would go through. Yeah. So it's a very dangerous time. And it's ironic because on April, I think it was April 13th, 2005, then Senator Obama gave a floor speech on not ending the nuke. Don't push the nuclear option on ending the filibuster. Hmm. He said, we do not change the rules midstream. So why was it? Wrong then, and Barack Obama said it was the wrong thing to do the nuclear and try to end the filibuster. But now that the Democrats have the majority, it's right now. Yeah. Going with the nuclear option and the filibuster, when was the last time there was a filibuster? No, they do it all the time. Okay. The filibuster, okay, just so you explain it, it started back in 1806 when Aaron Burr was the vice president. It wasn't really used that much in the 19th century. It was used very heavily in the 21st, 20th century, especially around civil rights. Okay, I got it. It was reprehensible to stop some of the civil rights legislation. As we move forward, if you go to, if you read the Federalist Papers 63, this is the Federalist Papers, for those who don't know, and I'm not trying to insult anybody, is was written by James Madison, John Jay, and Alexander Hamilton, mm -hmm. mainly written by Alexander Hamilton and James Madison. And it was a way to sell the Constitution to the American public. Now, in, in Federalist 63, Madison wrote that the House was where all the pent-up emotion, because it's done by majority vote. Yeah. 
when it gets kicked over the Senate, it was like, let's put the brakes on it. Let's cool the passions and let's look at this bill to see if it's a good for the country. So if we get rid of the filibuster, that means it's majority in the House, majority in the Senate, and things would pass fairly rapidly. That's not how our system was set up. You need the other side to neuter the passion of your side. Because think about it. If the filibuster was ended, taxes would go up, the new Green Deal would pass, Medicare for all would get through, the voting rights, that would really be the most reprehensible thing. It would take it away from the states. Because in Article 2 of the Constitution, it states that the presidential election, as we vote, is decided by the states, not the federal government. One last question before we go is, what does Joe Biden feel about the filibuster? He's been ambivalent. He's been pushing back a little bit, giving meat to both sides. Even during the press conference, he said, I'm against it, but if it looks like it's going to be chaos, we'll revisit that. He hasn't really come out. And I think he's trying to play both sides, but we'll see how this goes. So even if if that was removed with the filibuster being taken out, it could just go past his desk and he could just veto it and he uh, could veto it but i think if they got it to his desk he'd sign it with that being said do you have anything else the question i would like to ask the listeners what are some of the top concerns that you have you had a press conference what would you have liked to ask president biden would it be the infrastructure would it be, how are you going to pay for Can we stop for a second? Oh, Jimmy, cut this out. You already asked that question on the brief. We could take a double time. Okay, go back. Okay, so what question would you would you ask? What are your concerns? Because right now we have the economy starting to grow back, but are you impacted by the, the economy? Are you having a hard time getting work? So what questions or what are your concerns? So what would you want to be to be asking them? And John, how can our listeners ask you that question? Ask that by going to UbaldiReports at gmail.com. Go to UbaldiReports at gmail.com. They can check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Or if you go to Facebook, you can look up on Ubaldi Reports group and you can let us know from there. But I just want to let our listeners know, come April, we're going to live stream this podcast First, we're going to do a soft launch just to describe who Joe Bitz is, who John Ubaldi is, and what Ubaldi Reports is all about. And we also like to thank those who are listening from Heroes Media Group. We do appreciate your support, so keep on listening. And Joe has something to say about what we're also going to do come April. So starting in April, we're going to have a uncensored podcast called the Ubaldi Declassified. I'm sorry, it's going to be the Ubaldi Reports Declassified, where we're going to talk more of our opinion and a lot more uncensored about what's currently going on throughout the country, throughout the world even. And we would definitely love your support. I'll keep an eye out for that and we will talk to you soon. So keep listening to Evolving Report. Report.